How beautiful, how powerful, how awesome are you, Jesus. There's no one like you who deserves our worship and our praise. Holy, 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 worthy, worthy, worthy. No one like you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. No one like you, Jesus. No one like you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. have no rival you have no equal now and forever God you reign sing that again you have no rival you have no equal now and forever God you Yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory, yours is the name. Let's sing beautiful. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Holy, holy, holy. Beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. Oh, what a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. Jesus, we praise you today thank you today and we give you all the glory the honor and the praise there's no one no one like you no one worthy of our lives no one worthy of our time no one worthy of everything that we have to give you which isn't much so Lord we give you ourselves today God we just declare Lord with the author of the song there is no one who can rival you you are great and greatly to be praised. Awesome and mighty and worthy is your name, Jesus. Holy, holy, holy is your name. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Thank you for coming to save us. Thank you for coming in such a humble way. Thank you, Lord, that at this time of year, among all the things that can pull us away and keep us busy and distract us, Lord, that this morning we are stopping to remember what this is all about. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. And we thank You, God, for giving, and we thank You, Jesus, for coming. How beautiful, powerful, and mighty is Your name, Jesus. 
Now, Lord, as we unpack your word this morning, and once again, we just ask you, Lord, today to open our hearts, Lord. We pray that we'll be encouraged. We pray that we'll be challenged. We pray that your Holy Spirit will speak into every place in our lives where we need to hear from you. Lord, those who are in the room listening, those who are listening live, those who will catch up later this week, Lord, may your word go forth and not return void. And may you do what it's in your heart to do in every life and in every situation, we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated this morning. conclude our Christmas message series called A Thrill of Hope, A Weary World Rejoices. So if you have the YouVersion Bible app, you can turn there this morning and follow along with the points and the scriptures as we go today. So I got a question for you as we start this morning and as we are coming close to the end of 2020. As we end this year, are you ending this year weary or are you ending this year rejoicing? Might be a dangerous question to ask at the end of 2020, but the good news is if you don't like your answer, uh, hopefully in a few minutes we're going to get you on the weary, on the on the rejoicing track, not the weary track. We may be already on the weary track, but we're going to try to get you on the right track today before we go. In uh, in December of 1847, 
there was a poet by the name of Placide Capote who was sitting in the back of a stagecoach. He was on his way to Paris, France. He had been commissioned by a Paris priest in Paris, say that uh, three times real fast, to, uh, to write a poem for a Christmas Eve service. And so as he sat in the back of that stagecoach, it's interesting because he was not a religious man, but he found himself using Luke chapter 2 and the Christmas story as the, uh, as the inspiration for a poem that he would write called Cantique de Noël in French, which would, go, which would go on to become O Holy Night. Now, Placide, as he wrote the poem, he realized that it would be better with music, so he asked a friend of his who was a composer, who was an unlikely composer because he was Jewish, to put together the score for his poem. His name was Adam Adolf, uh, or Adolf Adam, and uh, <laughs> easy to say again, right? And he was the guy who put the music to this and what became O Holy Night. And three weeks later, this carol was used in Paris for a Christmas Eve Mass, and I believe has become the gold standard when it comes to Christmas carols. If it's been a while since you've heard it, or you can't remember exactly how this one goes, maybe your brain is on Christmas carol overload. Let's look at the, the first verse of O Holy Night. O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. That's just the first verse and that, that song is, is filled with more powerful lines that we're actually going to sing tonight. So let me put a little plug in for our uh, candlelight night of worship tonight at 6 o'clock. I hope you'll join us for that as we, as we conclude the Christmas season here at our church. But like most songs, when you read those lyrics, depending on what season of life you're in, some lyrics have more meaning than others. And that lyric that we've leaned in on, the next to the last line on the screen, as our series this year, A Thrill of Hope, A Weary World Rejoices, is one that I think really is uh, in so many ways where we are as a nation, where we are as a world perhaps, because I can't ever remember a Christmas in my lifetime where it seems like we as a, as a world are as collectively weary as we are right now. But what you might not realize is that as weary as we are with 2020, that the nation of Israel or, or the, the, the country of Israel as it were at the time was just as weary at the time of Jesus' birth. I'm not sure if the author of O Holy Night knew what was going on historically at that moment, but for him to write those, world, those words, a thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices certainly fit the temperature of Palestine during that time. Some of you may remember if you've been with us this entire year, we did a message series back in March called Run Through the Bible. Anybody remember that? And we used these visual images to kind of depict the different uh, places throughout Scripture that we looked at. And we used this graphic right here for silence. As we talked about the 400 years between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament when there was nothing. We said that it was like God's phone was on silent. There were no new books written. 
There were no prophecies given. There were no heroes or kings or leaders or miracles. And you just thought it was the blank page between the Old Testament and the New Testament. But that blank page represents 400 years of silence from God. And it was during that time, that gap would would give rise to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Greeks and the Romans coming in and taking over Israel at the time. And uh, when you open up your Bible and you begin to read the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, you find some some names that really aren't familiar to to Israel at the time because Luke chapter 2 verse 1 says, Caesar Augustus was in charge. And that he decreed that a census would be taken of the entire Roman world. And that census, the Roman world at the time, included Israel, would be the very thing that would get Mary and Joseph into Bethlehem to register for the census. It was into this weary setting that Jesus was born. A culture weary of a foreign government that had taken over their society. A people weary of an ineffective and ritualistic religious system. Hebrew men and women who were weary of not hearing from Jehovah God. It was into this weary world that Jesus was born. That that lyric that's in bold on the screen sticks out and makes sense. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. And what's amazing is when you open your Bible and you begin to read Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapter 2, Luke chapter 1, 2, and 3, and you unpack the story of all the events surrounding the birth of Jesus, you see weary, ordinary people begin to rejoice. You see their expressions and their emotions and the surroundings that they're in begin to change because Jesus Christ, Jesus, which means the Lord saved, Christ, which means the anointed one, the Messiah, was coming into the world. Note how each player in this weary world will begin to rejoice. John the Baptist rejoiced with a jump. Elizabeth rejoiced with a, with a blessing. Mary rejoiced with a song. Zachariah rejoiced with a prophecy. The angels rejoiced with a concert. The shepherds rejoiced by spreading the good news. Mary rejoiced by meditating on the faithfulness of God. Simeon rejoiced with words of praise. Anna rejoiced by testifying to all who were looking for the coming Messiah. The Magi rejoiced with worship and gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And you better believe that Joseph rejoiced, the earthly father of Jesus, that everything that he had heard, that everything the angel had said in that dream, everything that was impossible to believe, That his wife, who he thought was a virgin and she was, would become pregnant with a child. He certainly rejoiced to see that it was just like the angel said it would be. But you know what? Above all that, oh, I feel like I'm getting excited a little bit. Above all of that is God the Father up in heaven. Who the scripture tells us that he rejoiced as well with the opportunity to send his son Jesus to you and me. Look what Paul says in Colossians 1, God was pleased to have 
all his fullness dwell in him, Jesus, and through him, Jesus, to reconcile to himself God all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his, Jesus' blood shed on the cross. I'm not sure if Placide Capo knew what he was riding in the back seat of that, of that I was about to say that station wagon, of that stagecoach, but he got it exactly right. A thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices for yonder breaks, a new and glorious morn that would completely change the history of all mankind. Anybody here? Here this morning changed because Jesus came into your dark, weary, messed up, screwed up world. Somebody give him praise. Amen. I think my four cups of coffee and the two cookies and the uh, cider I had just kicked in. Whoa, I was dragging to about five minutes ago. It's probably just the Holy Spirit, though. Praise God. I'd rather have that than, than the sugar. So what about us? What about us in 2020? Here we are, coming to the end. You want to give God a hand clap of praise for that too, right? We're coming to the end, but are you weary? Or are you rejoicing five days from Christmas? Where do you find yourself today? And again, if you're in a place where it's not great, I want to tell you that you can be before this thing is over. Before we finish today, and I think back to what I shared with you a few weeks ago. We were in that series on emotions, and I asked you to think about what one word would describe your emotional state for 2020. Anybody remember us talking about that? And I told you that my word was tired, just, just tired mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally. That's kind of the way I've been, and I know that's where a lot of you guys are as well. But I'm encouraged when I think about that it was a weary, worn-out world into which Jesus was born, and we're in a weary, worn-out season right now into which we come into this Christmas season. And so this morning, to kind of help us unpack this idea of how we move from weariness to rejoicing, no matter what we're going through, once again, I've asked some of our church family to, uh, to help me out and kind of help me tell this tell this story and preach a little bit this morning. So I'm going to ask Miss Patricia McDaniel to join me up here this morning. Will you give her a hand as she comes today? Now, let me tell you a little bit about Miss Patricia. She's a mom. She's a grand grandma. She's a fantastic provider for her family. She's a fantastic mom to take care of her, her parents. Who Your mom and dad have been married how long now? 63 years. 63 years. Okay, gives you all, you married folks, all of us married <laughs> folks, something to shoot for, right? Um, she heads up our Backpack Buddies ministry here at the church and does an incredible job. And, um, but the last few years for her have been tough. She has really been through a lot of, a lot of life situations. She's lost several family members. Earlier this year, her mom they needed to put her in a nursing home right before COVID, which you know what that means. They've not been able to see her very much. And then just her own situations that she's dealt with. But, um, but she has done an amazing job of keeping her faith despite all of that, even when you feel like you're not. I'm not. 
she has been an inspiration to me. And so many times when I'm here, I look back there and I see her back there every Sunday. I know what she's going through. I know what she's facing. She's got her hands lifted. She's worshiping. She's engaged. Her Bible's open. She's amening me when some of y'all are asleep. And she's going through it and engaged in what God is doing in her life. And so I thought that her story would be important for us to hear. Because here's somebody that I know personally who is, and you've probably used that word as we've talked, weary, tired uh, over the last few years. But still, you find a way to rejoice and to hold on to hope. Can you share that with us today? Um, I had three brothers. Um, I had two older and a younger. Um, In 13, my oldest brother was... He drove a big truck, and um, he had pulled into the terminal, and he had a massive heart attack and died right there in his truck. And then um, in 16, his youngest son was staying with my parents, and I got a call to go up there and check on him. Um, he was an alcoholic, and he had had a seizure, and he had, I found him out in the woods. And so I called the ambulance. Um, That was the Monday before Thanksgiving. I was just thinking about that. And anyway, he passed away. He was 33 years old, and he passed away the Wednesday before Thanksgiving of 16. So in a couple years, in 18, my next to the oldest brother lived with me. And he was an alcoholic, and he dealt with a lot of things, but I prayed over him. I just prayed and witnessed to him. Anyway... He took his life, and I found him out in the woods. And that was June of 18, and my youngest brother had been sick with pneumonia and bronchitis. And they thought he was going to get better. And um, you went and shared things with him, and and he knew the Lord. And um, August 25th, he turned 51. The following Saturday... He died. He passed away in the hospital. So in three years, I lost all three of my brothers and one of my nephews. But God is faithful to sustain us. No matter what you go through, praise him in the storm. My mom fell in March of this year, the week before they shut everything down. She had to go into the nursing home, and we can't see, hardly see her or talk to her. Um, thought she was going to come home Tuesday. That fell through. It's broken my dad. But let me tell you, in the, in the beginning of this year, when, when Pastor Les started the, before we started the the um, 21 day fast I prayed and you were talking about a word one word and the one word that Jesus gave me was peace he gives us perfect peace not as the world gives he is the hope that was born for all of mankind for each and every one of us so no matter what you're going through praise him in the storm He's the God in the mountain, on the mountain, and he's the God in the valley. And I have been in the valley. 
and I have been weary. I have been broken. But this is world that we're, that we're going through here is just a journey. There's a promise on the other side of heaven hmm. for each and every one of us. And I don't know who, the Lord just, I, oh, the Lord was speaking to me back there when we was praising that someone needs to know Jesus. He is a whisper away. And I shared earlier that I posted on Facebook, I saw this. Jesus' whisper is still louder than Satan's scream. Okay? The whisper. And Jesus hears your whisper in your heart and in your spirit and in your mind. He is there in the midst of all of our sorrow, our troubles. He is my, he is my hope and my peace that I hold on to. Because I know what waits for me over in glory. And I'm going to be running and shouting and praising just like I praise him now in the storm. You said something that just struck me when you said you felt like that as you were worshiping, that the Lord said to you, somebody needs Jesus. And it might be somebody in this room or somebody who's watching, and I just feel like this is what I thought about. See, everything that you've been through, you don't, you don't keep going through that and keep going and having the faith and the hope that you have Unless you have a personal relationship with the Lord. Now listen. In this room and whoever's watching. There's a lot of people. Especially Bible Belt Southerners. Who have a relationship with church. It's nothing different than if they had a, a country club. Or, they were, or whatever it is. It's just another place where they connect. This is where the rubber meets the road. And there is a big difference between walking into a building every week or every couple of weeks and knowing and walking with Jesus. And, and that's the difference. Because, because in every... And I, I had the chance to do two of those funerals and be a part of two of those funerals. But in every one of those situations, when you approach those... The thing that she would say to me was, we need to give those people hope and we need to give those people Jesus. And it was amazing to see in situations that were so tragic and, and terrible how the presence of the Lord would minister right. and touch. And you, Patricia, I want to tell you, you will never know. You won't know on this side, but you will know somehow on that side. The way your testimony and the way you've stood, despite all the things you faced, how it has spoken to people and how it has given people hope. You encouraged me and you were bringing encouragement and hope. And, and, and I had several people after the first service say the same thing. And um, I just want to pray for you this morning. And I want you, our church family, to pray with me today for Patricia uh, we probably need you to pray for us, really, because, uh, because of the, the, the faith that you have. Um, but I just want to pray for you today. Lord, I thank you for my sister in the Lord. God, I thank you for all that you have brought her through. 
And I just pray, Lord, today for a fresh, encouraging touch of your power and your spirit. God, to bring fresh hope and encouragement, fresh strength in her, in her body and in her mind and her spirit. God, we pray your blessings upon her. We pray your blessings upon her, her dad and her mom. God, we lift them up to you today and we pray for healing and strength in their bodies today and all the situations, God, that's heavy on her mind today. We lift up Patricia to you and we pray you'll continue to abide with her and give her and grant her that peace that passes all understanding. May she continue to be a light for you and when she can't take another step, Holy Spirit, may you come in once again and empower her and strengthen her and minister to her all for the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 One thing I want to say to you real quick. I'm, I'm encouraged by my church family. All of y'all at different times whether it's a smile or a hug, a fist bump, what an encouragement. And I can't wait, you know, to get here on Sunday mornings just for the encouragement of my church. And I thank God for that. I thank God for you and Tressa and just our church family. Amen. And our youth, y'all, I want to tell y'all, y'all rock. I love y'all. I love y'all. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> give, give Patricia a hand and give the Lord a hand this morning. Amen. I'm going to ask uh, David and Melissa Long to come up, and uh, they're next today, and they're going to share with us this morning, and uh, Brad, I'm grabbing 10 to add to 7. Um, so Melissa, uh, she's going to start this morning. Uh, if you want to know where, where she's weary, she is an administrator in our school system, and uh, just a normal year of being uh, an administrator or a teacher or so many of you are part of our school system can provide uh, plenty of weariness, but then you get, get a year with a pandemic. And so I know that she can bring a perspective that's, that's, very, um, that's very relatable, I think, to so many people. So Melissa, kind of share with us how your faith has sustained you this year. Um, well, first of all, I want to preface my answer to your question with this. Let me give him this <laughs> for later. <laughs> but I want to say that I was fortunate enough to be raised in church. My mom took us to church every time the doors were open. She taught us to read the Word of God every day. And so that has really just being able to immerse myself in the Word of God has proven to be so beneficial because during these weary and difficult times, the Word begins to come alive to you. And it's powerful. This Word is very powerful. And I know that because I know the author of it. When this guy right here says he's going to do something, his Word is good because I know him. The same is true with this. This word right here, when God says that he's going to do something, is good because he stands behind the word. So anyway, I just want to say that first and foremost. That David and the Lord are on the same level. Yeah, you realize that you're going to hear that a lot from David. You... I've been trying to tell her that for years. 
Anyway, but I will say this. I've been an administrator in this county since 2016. And I spoke with Dr. Ford one day, and he told me that in this role, that I would see the good, the bad, and the ugly. And boy, have I. I have seen it all. Um, I have been hit, kicked, spit on, uh, cussed out, flipped off, all of that. And, um, and that was just kindergartner students. <laughs> I thought you were talking about David again. <laughs> I don't spit. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, I do have on open-toed shoes today because my toenail has grown back. <laughs> so I'm very happy about that. But after saying all of that, I will say this. I actually love what I do. I love it. And that's because I have a passion for what I do. I have a passion for teaching, leading, instructing, encouraging motivating and just training up the the children of today because those children are our future they're going to be our doctors our accountants our everyday workers in everything that we do so i really do love what i do but i have to say the last couple of years have been particularly hard because um it has been non-stop all day every day non-stop and I got to a point um, um, this past year where, not this school year, but last year, where I just told the Lord, I said, Lord, I cannot go on another moment. It has been very, very difficult. And I said, I just don't have the strength to go down that hallway again and do what I do on a, on a daily basis because I'm just weary very weary among other circumstances and you throw a pandemic on top of that you just amped it up even more because now i'm dealing with parents who are ecstatic uh fearful don't know what is going to happen tomorrow don't know how they're going to instruct their children online don't have the resources that they need teachers are unfamiliar with what to do next it's just it was just crazy crazy year but I felt like the Lord had reminded me of his word in Psalm 73 and he said his word says that my flesh and my heart may fail but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever mm -hmm. so if there's ever a time that you feel like you just cannot carry on another moment I don't you know know what you're going through but I know that there's a lot of hardship and hard times going on right now and has been, you know, over the last couple of years. But he will be your strength and your portion. And then another scripture that really got me through the year was Philippians 4. Pastor Les, you did a, a Bible study in here several years ago. And Philippians 4 just really stuck out to me actually in the midst of going through all of that turmoil and I just want to take a second just to read it to you it says rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near 
Those four words have really comforted me personally because I know that in every situation, in every circumstance, the Lord was near no matter what I was going through. And he, he goes on to say, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So through everything, the word was just coming to my mind, and I was standing on his word, and it just helped to sustain me and preserve me as we were going, as I was going through this weary, hard time. So um, that's just a little bit about um, how the Lord has brought hope in a, during a weary time for me personally. David, I know it's been a weary year for you as well. You know, you're, a, you're a first responder, uh, been with the Savannah Fire Department for a long time. That job has a lot of heavy responsibilities, and we appreciate your service and uh, all that you do there. But this year, in, in the last year and a half to two years, you've had an extra uh, on your plate as your dad has battled cancer and, and this year uh, treatments and, and all that's kind of changed and, and a lot more responsibilities for you. And I've watched you this year as you've gone through that and, um, and still maintain your hope in the Lord. Tell us a little bit about what that's been like this year for you. Well, um, let me just say first about my dad. <clears throat> um, my dad... He's a great guy. I mean, I'll, as a lot of us do, we look up to our dads, and I, you know, just I have seen, um, just growing up, his um, love for people and how he responds to people that are in need. Growing up in the church, he would always um, help, you know, um, single women, you know, that um, that had problems, you know, with with whatever in their homes, you know, as far as appliances and that kind of stuff. Um, just very, very helpful in giving, you know, um, money, what, whatever was needed. I, I, he's just, he, he's just that kind of guy, you know, and, um, um, but, and I, and I, the story that I'm about to tell, I, I know a lot of you guys can relate to it because cancer affects so many of us, you know, and, and my story is no greater than y'all's, you know, that, that have been through these, these type of things, but um, about a year and a half ago, my dad was diagnosed with prostate cancer, um, which had metastasized to his, the back of his ribs, and um, he was, up to that point, he was uh, really um, very healthy, you know, um, he after he retired, he played a, a golf just about every day. Um, you know, he and my mom did a lot of stuff together. But um, anyway, um, he, with the cancer, he took chemo. And uh, the chemo really didn't affect it too much. It just, it just drained him, you know. Uh, and we all know the effects of chemo. But, um, uh, and it didn't help him. Uh, so um, it wasn't long after that probably, um, I would say, uh, anyway, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure on the time frame this year, but he, he also had something going on in his brain as far as, um, uh, like I said this morning, I'm not going to try to pronounce the, the scientific word for it because I mess it up, but uh, it's, it's basically water on the brain to where, 
you get so much water there that um, the brain can't function correctly and it, uh, your body can't function uh, correctly. So he lost mobility in his legs, and um, which that kind of turned the corner for, for us as I've got two older brothers and a sister, and that really um, affected us. That's when it really affected us because my mom is very healthy, and um, uh, she, she was able to, you know, help him through these parts until he lost his legs. Of course, we were running back and forth also doing whatever we needed to do, but when he lost his legs, it was a game changer for us. And um, so <clears throat> he, he was home for a while, laying in the bed. You know, um, we had hospice come in to set up uh, a bed inside um, their home. And um, of course, without the mobility of his legs, my mom, she, she hurt herself. Um, trying to pull him up, you know, trying to get him to the restroom and that kind of stuff. And um, it just got to the point to where he couldn't, he couldn't make it to the restroom, you know, that, that type, and, and with the chemo and all of that, it was just, you know, it wasn't pretty. And um, so with, with me and my job, I was able, because I work a 24-hour, 48 shift, I'm, I'm on 24, 24 hours and I'm off for 48 and it just rotates that way. So I'm available during the week when my brothers and sisters may not be, and vice versa, there's, there's times when they're available. So we all were pitching in, but when it first started that way with him, you know, it, um, it got to a point to where I was having to do things for my dad that I never thought I would be, have to do as far as changing him, you know? And um, <clears throat> those, those type of situations, you know, you just, as, as a child, you never expect that in your, in your parents. I mean, they did that for you when you were little, you know, and, and, but you just, just never expect that. Well, that's where we were at. And, um, and there were times when we would go to do that with my dad. And like I said, my brother, my two older brothers um, aren't serving the Lord right now. And um, my sister is. And um, we all grew up in the same household, you know, so they had the same background, you know, that I did. But just, they just haven't served the Lord. And so I'm sitting there changing my dad and cleaning him up, and um, my brother, his, is kneeled in front of him, holding his hand, and my dad is apologizing to us at what we're doing, and, um, and saying that he's sorry that we're having to do this for him, and we're like, Dad, whatever we can do to help, you know? Um, we're, we're here for you, you know, you don't worry about this, you know, and, and for my mom. And so my, as, as I'm doing this, you know, my brother is, is on his knees holding my dad's hand, and, um, and he starts praying for my dad, <clears throat> which is 
as rough as that situation is, it's great to see that. You know, it's great to see him responding to the Lord. And if my dad has to go through this to draw them back in, you know, it is what it is, you know. And, and um, anyway, so we, uh, we have to put him in hospice because we just can't take care of him anymore. And so, of course, with COVID, we are, um, we are having to sit outside his bedroom window with the window open with the screen you know and that's how we communicate to dad they, they pull him over in his bed to the window and we communicate with him he still has a great sense of humor you know he he talks back and forth with it and he's actually in a state right now to where he's 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 you know eating you know which he wasn't doing forever and um uh anyway so and then with that situation with him we also this year we found out <clears throat> that our best friends his wife was diagnosed with brain cancer and um and she had a spot on her lung and so she's gone through chemo for that or not chemo but radiation and then um my brother-in-law and sister-in-law he was diagnosed with an aggressive form, and, and, and he's younger than us, a uh, form of uh, lung cancer. And liver, so, liver, liver cancer. cancer, liver cancer. And so, this is just all kind of bombarded, you know, us at, at one time. And, um, but there is hope, you know, there is hope in the Lord. And, and, the, and, and going back to my dad, I say, I say um, from what I've seen through him, um, the times that we were in those tough situations to where we were doing things for him, one thing, a couple of things my dad would say, my dad would say, though my flesh be destroyed, yet with my eyes I will see God, you know, and it is well with my soul, you know, and he would, he would just continue, he has said that so many times, it is well with my soul. And um, so it's just a, and I am so thankful talking about a, a history with God, with, with what you were saying with um, Patricia. I'm so thankful that my dad and my mom required us, whether we wanted to go or not, to church. We were in church growing up as kids. And, um, and, and it, it, it wasn't just, they just wasn't there, just like you said, Les, just to, um, just to be at church because the doors were open. They were there because they were servants of the Lord. You know, they wanted to be in church, you know, because of that relationship they had with the Lord. And that's, and he passed that on to us. And I am so thankful because when these situations pop up, <clears throat> I can look at just with our history and what we've been through, I can look back on what the Lord has brought us through, um, through our marriage of 32 years, what he has 32 long years. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> what he has brought us through, our last name is Long, so long years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Anyway. It never gets old. <laughs> That's one of my dad's jokes, actually. <laughs> He's so funny. <laughs> anyway, but I, I thank the Lord for that history that I have with the Lord that I can look back thinking, Lord, 
you brought us through this. You're going to get us through this, right. you know. And right. even though I see my dad going through this, and I question sometimes, Lord, this was a good man. This was a good man. Why is he going through this, you know? And, and, and our best friends, they are servants of the Lord. And why are they going through this? You know, it doesn't make sense in my mind. But yet, I reflect back to the Lord because I know he's in control. And, and, and he is faithful and just. And um, I, one thing I will say that these Christmas songs this year, just everything that we've all been through, um, these Christmas songs this year have just resonated in my ears, you know, and I think of one song in particular by Lauren Daigle that she has sung. It's called Noel, and um, look what God has done. Look what God has done, you know, and, and, and you say, well, look at your dad. I, but I don't look at that. I'm, I'm like my dad. If his flesh is destroyed, he's going to be with the Lord. You know, he will be with the Lord. You know, and um, so anyway, I think I am so thankful for my mom and dad for the the um, what they have taught us and what the upbringing so that we were able to pass that on to our children. Oh, I was just going to say, and even with your dad going through all of that can't walk or anything, sometimes, you know, his mind is not like it was. He's not been in a whole lot of pain, and to me, which is an absolute miracle when it comes to the, you know, cancer and, and things like that. And it's funny how the Lord just um, brings his word to life. And one thing I forgot to say, which kind of goes along with this, I was praying, you know, Psalms 23 about the Lord being my shepherd to lead me beside the still water. He did that in such a way during this pandemic that I never, it was just weird. Because in March, when we went out, at, of um, all the schools were closing and everything. And when I was at a moment where I just could not carry on, I found myself beside the still water, literally, because I was sitting at a table in my backyard, still working, of course, from a computer, but I did not have all the craziness and the turmoil. And I think about your daddy to the Lord, even though he's going through all of that, being in hospice, nonstop, can't even get out of his bed, he was, the Lord still was right beside him and the water was still for him when it comes to his peace. Mm -hmm. Well, um, thank y'all for sharing uh, very personal stories and of God's hope and faithfulness. But the Lord had had one more thing He wanted to do in y'all's life this year. And uh, earlier this year, y'all found out that your oldest son Nolan and his wife Katie were expecting. And there's Nolan and Katie from just a few weeks ago, and ten days ago. Uh, David and Melissa had their first grandbaby, Kira Elizabeth, and uh, there's a few pictures of her, and uh, they said I could just show as many pictures as I want, probably doesn't surprise you, but here's the grandparents with, with them, and, uh, and this new baby, and, uh, but this last picture I think is super special because it's your baby, your oldest son, Nolan, holding his first uh, 
child, uh, Kira, there, I think the first day she was born, and there, there's Kira in our weary world. She's rejoicing with a grin there on the right. But just to kind of wrap this up, everything that you guys have gone through this year, how has, what does this mean uh, for you guys in the middle of all that? This has brought so much joy into our lives amongst all the craziness that has happened in the year 2020. And I absolutely love that one picture of Kira because she's sticking her tongue out at um, 2020. So, but she is adorable. We are loving every minute of it. And it just is a constant reminder that no matter what happens, the Lord is allowing us to finish with favor. And um, we are just so happy and, um, and so thankful for the gift that God sends. Because the word does say, going back to this word, every good and perfect gift comes from God above. I would just like to say that, you know, I think about what my father's going through, that it won't be long that he will be with the Lord. But yet, I look at that. And what he's done for our family. And I say once again, look what God has done. Hmm. You know? Amen. That's awesome. And I, and I think um, Nolan and Katie are watching today. So guys, two thumbs up. We're proud of you. We love you and we're excited for you. Will you give the Lord a hand and give them a hand? Awesome job sharing this morning. Thank you all so much. So, Jack, if you'll give me some music, that'll make me have to wrap this up real quick. I, I want to share a couple of things with you, and then we're going to be finished today. And, but we are going to have communion as we close out this morning. So, the question we started this morning with, as you come to the end of the year, you know, are you weary or are you rejoicing? So... I hope what we've heard through Patricia's story and David and Melissa's story is that even in times of weariness, if we're looking, we can see the faithfulness and love and hope of the Father. Amen? The difference is simple. It's the presence of the Lord. What made the difference in the culture that we talked about a while ago in which Jesus was born, it was a culture where for 400 years they had not heard anything from God. But then the prophecy of Isaiah from Isaiah 7:14, where Isaiah said, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Those are the exact words that the angel said to, to Joseph in the dream the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us so for right now if you need to know this today or if you need to know this three months or three years from now how do you go from weary to rejoicing there's three things that I'm going to give them to you real quick number one you got to encounter his presence There is nothing like being in the presence of the Lord. And whatever you've got to do to get there, do it. If for you it's getting in church every week and being in in the presence of the Lord, do it. 
For me, sometimes it's finding a country road where there's no traffic, where I'm going to get frustrated, and just driving with the radio off and just being with the Lord or walk, taking a hike or getting outside. If it's getting in your prayer closet, whatever it is, find a way. And, and, and I think it was maybe Bonhoeffer who said to practice the presence of the Lord. See, you can't come in here and me feed you every, every day. We have Sunday one day a week. If you're going to live this life, you've got to learn how to feed yourself. Somebody, you've got to learn how to feed yourself. And when you're depleted and you're weary, the first sign that lets you know you need to get with Jesus is when you're wor- worried and worn out and weary. That lets you know, I need to get in the Word. I need to get with the, with the Father. I need to spend some time with Him. I'm running on empty. I can't do it anymore. So encounter His presence. And we see that throughout the Christmas story. Whether it's the shepherds or the magi or Anna or Simeon or Zechariah or Elizabeth or Mary or Joseph. Everybody is encountering the presence of Jesus. What did the shepherds do when the concert was over from the angels? They went to get in the presence of Jesus. And they were transformed. So the first thing you and I have to do to go from weary to rejoicing is to encounter his presence. The second thing we've got to do is share his love. See, after the disciples went to the manger and they experienced the presence of Jesus, your Bible says this in Luke chapter 2, verse 17. It says, after seeing him, the shepherds told who, y'all? Everyone what had happened. They didn't just go back and take care of the sheep. They eventually got there. But they told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were what? Thank you, David and Melissa and Patricia, for telling some very difficult parts of your story today. Because there's some people today in this room and some people who are watching today who are astonished. Who needed a reminder of the faithfulness and the goodness of God. And God is no respecter of persons. If He did that for them, He'll do it for you. But one of the powerful things about this was after they experienced that, they took it. And that's what I appreciate so much about these three folks who shared today. Even in the middle of all the things that they've gone through, they're still allowing the Lord to use them. I think about Patricia. She's here every week taking care of backpack buddies and, and doing everything that she needs to do for that. And I, I sometimes, I, over the last few years, I've kind of waited for her to call me one day and say, Pastor, I can't do it anymore. But she's not called me. Because for her, that is a way that she can give out. And, and so many times, there is something powerful and replenishing and refreshing about not just hoarding, what do I say all the time? We were not created to, pour, to store, but to pour. Not just to store it up, but to pour it out. And that's what the, disciples, that's what the, the shepherds did. So if we're going to go from weary to rejoicing, we've got to encounter His presence. We've got to share His love. And the last thing we've got to do is meditate on His goodness. See, that's what Melissa was talking about. And she didn't tell you about her still waters because she didn't want to y'all all over at her house when you have a bad day but David built her a nice pool that's the reason why he's up almost on the same level with the Lord you know and he, 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 he got a pool built but anyway her, her thought there is very powerful that, that place 
where you can stop and meditate on his goodness. And right in the middle of the Christmas story, we almost miss it because there's so much going on in the story. But there's this one verse I want you to see, Luke 2.19. The shepherds leave. What happened after the shepherds left, we wonder? Well, Luke tells us, it says, Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. What were all these things? The visit of the angel Gabriel. The three months she spent with Zechariah and Elizabeth. The trip with her husband when they couldn't find a the husband to be, where they couldn't find a, a place to stay. The visit of the shepherds. The visit, visit year late, years later of the, of the Magi. I'm sure she often thought about the faithfulness of her husband Joseph who despite everything that had happened had stayed right beside her. And all those years we know, we see Mary at different parts in the story that she was there. The scripture tells us she was there on the day that Jesus was crucified. Y'all, I believe that scripture wasn't just true about the night that Jesus was born it was true of Mary for her entire life she kept these things in her heart and she thought about them often and what we can do when we get weary is we need to stop we need to slow down we need to cut everything off and we need to think about the goodness of God meditating on his goodness and it's what it's what Melissa said a while ago it's that verse that Paul says in Philippians 4 always be full of the Lord I say it again rejoice fix your thoughts on what is true honorable right pure lovely and admirable think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise how do you go from weary to rejoicing You encounter His presence, you share His love, and you meditate on His goodness. I want to give us an opportunity this morning to practice what we preach, okay? So everybody grab your communion elements this morning. And let's all do it at the same time so it's all super noisy together. If you didn't get communion elements this morning, if you'll raise your hand, Pastor Kevin's going to come. But go ahead and take off the first layer and and grab that... uh, that wafer and then take off the next layer and just hang on to that paper and put it over to the side but if you didn't receive any elements if you'll raise your hand Pastor Kevin's coming by and he's going to take care of you but we're going to prepare to come together to the table of the Lord this morning and receive communion together so I'll give you a second to get, to get ready for that today. Now let's look at this verse of scripture on the screen from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. The words of the Apostle Paul who tells us this about receiving the Lord's Supper. He says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
And in the same way after supper, he took the cup saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Before we receive this morning, I want us to practice what we've preached this morning. And Jack, if you can go back to that weary to rejoicing slide. And I want to ask you to just take a look at that real quick. Those three final points, Jack, the one close close there to the end. There we go. I want us to take a couple of minutes this morning. Y'all got y'all got just a few more minutes. Good answer. Let's slow down for a moment this morning. Let's take a moment to encounter his presence and meditate on his goodness before we come to the table of the Lord. And I want to ask you just to bow your heads right where you're at. Maybe you just quietly sit in his presence and think about how good he's been to you. Or maybe you just breathe a prayer right there. But I'm going to ask us just to have a moment of quiet before the Lord. I'm going to stop talking and give you that moment. And then I'm going to come back and lead you in receiving the Lord's Supper. And we're going to pray together and finish up this morning. But let's take a moment in His presence today. Corinthians 11:23 Paul said for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me Jesus we 
take this little wafer in our hands today. We break it and we thank you for your broken body. It's through your brokenness that we are made whole. And Lord, whatever brokenness that we may have in this place, we ask you to bring healing and wholeness as we look to the only one who can make us whole. In Jesus' name, we thank you for your body. Will you take the bread today? And as you do, thank him. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you for giving him yourself. Thank you that there's not a broken thing inside of us. Not a broken marriage you can't heal. A broken heart you can't mend. A broken past you can't restore. Broken relationships you can't reunite. Broken in our health that you can't heal. We thank you for it today, Jesus. Verse 25, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant. Wow, that's a, those are two powerful words right there. The new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Father, we thank you for your son Jesus, for the perfect sinless blood that washes us clean of every sin that gives us hope for eternal life and brings healing to our bodies in Jesus' name. Will you take the cup this morning? And after you've got all that trash kind of piled up together, if you'll put that on your seat and stand with me this morning, I want to lead you in prayer this morning before we leave today. just remain in this moment of reverence in his presence this morning as we pray today and as I pray over you today if you're in this room or if you're watching on live stream and you're in a place where you're you're weary this message today is for you and you need to go from weary to rejoicing in this season I want to ask you just to lift your hands as I pray this morning and and we're just by faith going to believe today Lord I Thank you today, God, for the power of your word. That even in the simplicity of the Christmas story, there is so much there to point us straight to everything we need from you. And so, Lord, right now I pray over your people. God, today who are here who need to go from weary to rejoicing. Lord, I pray that we would encounter your presence like never before. God, I pray, Lord, that we would know how to see more opportunities. Open our eyes to to ways that we can share your love. And God, may you find us people who aren't too busy, God, to stop and meditate on your goodness. Lord, today we pray, God, for restoration, Lord, of the joy of our salvation. For anyone who's here today, God, who's just weary, Lord, if they're weary in their spirit, we pray for renewal and revival at the end of this year. God, if they're weary in their body, God, we pray for healing and strength, God. If it's in their emotions or their attitudes today, God, we pray for renewal today. Jesus, you're the answer for every situation, for everything we're facing today, our hope 
Our only hope is found in you. And so today, God, we thank you, Lord, that this morning in this place, through worship, through prayer, through testimonies, through your word, through receiving uh, communion today, God, we have encountered your presence. And I just pray your blessings today over our church family, Lord, as we go from here and we experience Christmas this week. We pray, Lord, that you would keep families safe and well as they travel and they gather together. Lord, may this season have more meaning for us than it ever has before. May we be more grateful and thankful than we've ever been before. And God, we give you all the glory and all the praise for everything you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yes, give the Lord praise today. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I hope to see you back tonight at 6 o'clock for our candlelight night of worship. It's going to be a great night. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. We hope to see you soon.